Welcome to Strings Attached, the latest podcast on the Pointcast Network. Manhood is something where we all have our own distinct ideas about it, and that's what I want to get to the heart of. I want to add two caveats to that. Firstly, there's enough Andrew Tate-styled two bros in a microphone podcast out there. This isn't going to be that. Secondly, I don't want any of my guests to be interpreted as monoliths for their demographics. We are aiming for diversity, but each guest is on here as an individual. They speak for themselves and their own personal experience. That being said, as per the last show and the next three, each show will build upon the other, and it is our intention to both get a diverse interpretation of manhood and have listeners walk away thinking and asking themselves about their preconceived notions, ideas, and beliefs surrounding manhood. I'm Nick Homburg, I'm a he, him, and I'll be sitting in for Sasha Estrella Jones. And with me today is Francine. Welcome to the show. To the audience out there, this might be a little left field. There's um, Francine, who, who creator of Pointcast, uh, often referred to as the boss lady, um, is, <laughs> is on a manhood pod, like talk. You might be like, whoa, wait, I thought you'd be talking to men. Well, here's the thing. I think... Women have a very interesting perspective of men and manhood that shouldn't be disregarded. And I think in the same way, this, I've heard this from another podcast that I heard briefly over like TikTok or something. They said, um, this, the, the, a black man asks a white woman, why do you think it's okay for you to talk on men's experiences? And she says, the same reason you can talk on white people's experiences. When you're the oppressed group, you know more about the oppressor than they could ever know about themselves. And I think that's a very interesting way to look at it. And it's the reason I want a diverse, part of the reason I want to have a very diverse uh, set of guests. So in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's deep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Francine, um, I'm sure most of the audience already knows you, but you, you're welcome to talk a little bit about yourself before we start up? Um, well, for those that don't know, um, I was kind of raised all over the country. I was um, brought up as a military kid. My father was um, in the Air Force, then he was in the Army. And um, he made that switch because he wanted to make rank. He was having difficulty doing that in the Air Force as a Black man, so he switched over and he did quite well, but his timing was bad because it was start of the Vietnam War. <laughs> so he spent several tours over there. And in the meantime, you know, uh, years later, I was born and we just hopped around the country. And the cool thing about that is I was exposed to a lot of different and beautiful aspects of our country. And I also saw a lot of ugly sides, but I walked away really appreciating all of that diversity and all of God's people just kind of finding their way here and trying to make a good life for themselves. Um, that led to me doing the things that I do the way that I do them um, and, and engage, continuing that curiosity journey, just engaging people and learning about how we all live and how we all want to live. That makes a lot of sense. All right. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, I want to start with defining manhood and we can kind of go from there. Um, how do you define manhood, Francine? Well, that's a hard one for me because growing up, manhood was defined for me. <laughs> I was told what a man was from a religious aspect. Growing up with two uh, people who really weren't religious, but 
that was where they got their definition. So that's how they shared it to me. And then my father being a man's man, a ranger, no fear going in, you know, doing all the things he did, you know, so he had a very clear definition of what a man was. And that's what I was told a man was. And I think that I was told that so that I can understand what a woman should be and what I was expected to grow into. Not so much to truly understand the man, to understand the man, but to understand my place as a little girl growing into a woman someday. Okay. I've never actually thought of it that way. Um, <laughs> obviously, it's not a, it's not a per- perception I would, ha- I would be privy to. Um, as I stated before, I'm a he, him. So like when manhood is talked about in context, to me, it's what you should and shouldn't be kind of in that same way, but it's mm-hmm. never as a tactic to be like, ah, this is what women should and shouldn't be too. And that mm-hmm. makes mm-hmm. sense. I just never really, never really hit me. <laughs> yeah. And I think it became even more of, a, of a selling point because I was, um, you know, I grew up, I was my parents' first child And so I was very much a tomboy, just wanting to copy everything my dad did because he was so strong and tough. Mm -hmm. So my mom made it her mission to help me understand the difference that between a boy and a girl, you're not your dad's son, you're your dad's daughter. So Mm -hmm. you sit over here and you wear these dresses. Well, my dad would still take me with him. I would play ball and baseball and football and all of these different things that were associated with with boys. So I think that, again, it was for me to kind of establish, help me to establish my identity, not yeah. so much to care about what a man really was. Yeah. It almost seems like your dad wanted you to be more like a, like worry less about the gender roles and just have you as a more well-rounded person than like, oh, this is what a woman is. And this is what a man is. Your dad seemed more like, no, she can do whatever she wants to do. We, I want to go play baseball with her. Let's do that, you know? And I did do that, but he also put some scare tactics in there. He, I think his thought was that, you know, men can ruin your life. <laughs> you, if you let a man define you, you'll never grow into who you were created to be, you know? So there was a lot of, <clears throat> of that, you know, that father speak that wasn't always healthy, but was his way of protecting me from what he thought the dangers of manhood were. There's no one more afraid of men than a dad who has a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's what I've come to understand. Um, mm-hmm. So this one, this next question, I think would be really interesting from your perspective. Um, can you define manhood absent from womanhood? Um, oh, I know, wow. like you said, a lot of people kind of use it as a rubric for what you should and shouldn't be specifically towards women. Has anyone ever kind of defined it without that? Um, you know, I grew up during a different time, but, you know, so I'm divorced, but when I was married, um, we didn't carry the same type of roles in my married home as we did in my childhood home. <clears throat> so the definition of manhood would not have completely fit that I was given. So the definition that I came up with um, just through life was, um, you know, my, my partner, because of my situation, 
um, we were just a compliment to each other where I was strong. He was probably not. And where he was strong, I was probably not. And, and so it, it, it became that sort of thing. But when I became divorced, uh, it shifted back to what my parents, said. <laughs> you know, it gotcha. shifted into, um, you know, because I was rebuilding and I didn't want, like my father always said, men work. You know, so and in his mind, a man should be the provider mm-hmm. and and make the money for the family. I don't have my interpretation isn't quite that stiff because I enjoy working and I enjoy contributing to my family. Mm-hmm. But it is I have to admit that I probably wouldn't a, a person who didn't work or try to do something for themselves. I don't know if I'd associate that with manhood so much. Mm-hmm. As in they they're just unmotivated, but I, I think that there's still the image just because it was pr- impressed in me at a young age that you know what I'm at least what a man shouldn't be. Gotcha. Um, I want to ask you two quick questions. Um, you said you're from a different generation. Which which generation is that? So I really came into my own in the '90s. So I was coming out of school, starting my career. And, um, you know, at that time, you know, jobs were plentiful and I had a high paying job. My ex-husband had a high paying job. I made more than he did, which he was totally okay with. And we just had, (laughs) we just had a really good life. And, um, you know, we would go home and, I wasn't a big chore person, but that's how my ex-husband relaxed. He liked organizing the kitchen and I loved that about him. Mm. <laughs> he liked mopping and I really loved that about him. <laughs> he really liked making those lines with the vacuum cleaner in the, I don't know what that is, but he he's likes, like- He likes a good line. He likes a good he's pattern. He's a good, good pattern. And when I vacuumed, it was like, he would do it over because I didn't have the line. Maybe oh, I was circular. Oh, I don't know. Like my dad was <laughs> like that. If I If I mowed the lawn- and it wasn't yes, so right. Way. If it wasn't like left to right or that weird like cross pattern, yes, yes. He, wouldn't, he would redo it. I'm like, Dad, yes, what? Yes. Why would why would you ask me to do it if you just want to? If you just want like when I when I mow the lawn the same way, he would be out there telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what? This this seems like this is your calling. Yeah. You know? so- don't don't ask me to do this for you. <laughs> right. If right. You, right. If I'm if you don't want me to do it that anyway. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so would that make you like a late mill or an early millennial or a Gen X? I would be Gen X, I think. Gen X. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, follow-up question to that then. Would you, if you could financially afford it, um, be with someone who wanted to be a stay-at-home dad or stay-at-home husband or would have been with that when you were? Hmm. When you were oh, absolutely. Husband? Yeah. I see value in that. Yeah. You know, like when we started having children, um, it came down to who could do it easiest. Mm -hmm. Originally, he was going to be the stay-at-home parent, but you never know what's going to happen. So I ended up being ill after I gave birth and I needed to heal anyway. And we decided to not rush that healing. You know, you don't, they gave at the time like six weeks and I wasn't ready to go back to work in six weeks. I was still kind of not well. And I was dealing with something called postpartum and I'd never heard of it before. Mm -hmm. And I I really needed to take that time. And it took me really two years to heal. 
So we made a family decision that instead of him, it would be me. But I, I value that if, if my, if I marry again or what have you, and my husband wanted to stay at home and we had children and, and, and that was just how that worked out. I'm totally fine with that. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was, I, this is one of the ones I wanted to ask, um, in the previous episode, but we just ran out of time because I think <laughs> everyone's answer to that is really interesting. Um, I think per the last episode, um, Ted really seemed like money was deeply intrinsic to his manhood. And there's no, mm -hmm. there's no issue with that as far as like, you know, it's just empirical to what he was saying. Um, it seems like, and I think for me, co contrastingly, uh, I only want to make enough money to survive. Well, mm -hmm. survive is the wrong term. Um, mm -hmm. I want to make enough money to live comfortably. And mm -hmm. for me, that's like 2,500 a month. That's, mm -hmm. It's a very low amount. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so like if I was going to be, money has no bearing on my, uh, on my manhood, so to speak. So mm -hmm. if for me, I would be a stay-at-home dad or husband because I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. That money doesn't I, have that hold on me. I think it's cultural though. You know, American culture really pushes money. I mean, the reason we all go to college is to get jobs to make more money. And, mm -hmm. you know, so it's really just, and everything we do, we get an education so we can go make money and, and, and some, and even in some families on the, on the subculture level, money is a definer of success. Like you're not successful unless you're making money, which is really unfortunate because, you know, I've been blessed with a lot. I've been blessed with a little, but the greatest blessings, the true blessings were my peace, having great relationships, great friends, good food, uh, being able to be comfortable. Like you said, you know, those things are at the top of the list, but I yeah. think people have to get there for themselves. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it back a little bit. Um, you you already sort of explained how you were socialized to understand manhood through your dad and what he believed. Um, and it's as I said before, uh, last last episode, it's pretty unsurprising. The cultural ideas came from that post World War II era where the economy was pretty good. Um, and I would say back then, manhood is more of that list of things. And I think your dad would probably agree with that. I don't think the military has really changed from, from that time much. So yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of the same, don't complain, you know, oh, what, a, I was gonna say be a man, but that doesn't really mean anything if you don't right. add context to it, but you get the idea. So right, um, right. do you feel society's expectations of manhood have changed since either your dad's time or the 1950s or whenever? I think it's changing. Hmm. I don't think that, it's changed in such a way that if a man wants to, like if I wanted to go home after college, I didn't have a job or whatever, and I was just finding myself, I'd get a little slack, but not so much as of my brothers would like hurry up and get a job. Like, why are you sitting? It's like, there's a danger to society if men don't fulfill the list of requirements. You know, I remember my dad said once that families focus men. You know, so if they only are concerned about their own needs, they're probably aren't going to be good for people mm. too long. So he never really trusted men who did, who weren't married or didn't have kids of a certain age. Like if you're, 
in your 40s you've never been married it's just like you, you can't <laughs> trust that so that was his mentality you know <laughs> that that it mature that men must be forced to mature through these responsibilities and outside of that men may choose not to but I think the attitudes are changing, but I think they're changing from within because I think men are starting to empower themselves. They're starting to decide that, like, for instance, my father was a crier, right? My mom is the one who was like, men don't cry. My father was like, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> if I want to cry, I'm going to cry. cry. That's the way it I is. remember they had arguments about him. crying. He was going to cry. It was sad. He's crying. It's like my mom would hate going to funerals with him or being around sad situations because he was going to let his emotions out. <laughs> that's more to me. That's more manly than like holding it in because it's that sort of like, no, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. He did. And I got it honest from him. I cry at commercials. And but I also realized the beauty in being able to utilize and access all of my emotions. I'm like a whole person. And I think what I was trying to say before is that men are feeling the need to be a whole person. Like you feel like you're wearing a mask if you can't emote. I don't want to speak for men, but the men that I know, the conversations I've had, even though they still struggle with with emotions, at least my friend group, they are that th this is a topic of you know, internal discussion for them. So gotcha. Hmm. All right. So real quick, I want to change gears to um, this little game that I that I came up with. Also, I think what we've been talking about is, is great. We're just low on time. So I'm going to move on to this game show called Agree or Disagree. Um, <laughs> and how it works is I'll say a scenario and you tell me if you agree or disagree. I'll give okay. you an example. Uh, the name of this portion, Agree or Disagree, is a creative answer or is a creative name. Agree. Agree. Uh, the name of this portion is apt. Agree. All right. So, okay, you get it. All, All right. right. So, um, they're split into sections, all with the theme, and we can talk about any discrepancies or qualifiers afterwards. Okay. Um, so I did section one in the first episode, but with you, I'm going to do section two. Okay. So um, you ready? I'm ready. All right. One must be physically strong to be considered a man. Uh, disagree. <laughs> Disagree. Yeah. Uh, physical strength is not the only kind of strength and isn't a requirement to being a man. Mm -hmm. uh, is it not a requirement? No, I don't think it's a requirement. What about people who are disabled? You know, so. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. do, you, do you agree I with dis that? I disagree that one has to be physically strong if I'm saying it on the rice. <laughs> I got caught up in my head. I apologize. Uh, physical strength is not the only kind of strength. And oh, I agree. I agree. Okay. I agree. okay. Um, the next one is strength is irrelevant to being a man. Um, I disagree. Disagree. Okay. I think strength is relevant to being human, but I don't think uh, of it just physical. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, kindness is more important than strength. Oh, agree. Agree. Um, yeah. Men should only solve their problems with violence. Disagree. <laughs> disagree. <laughs> violence. <laughs> violence isn't the only way to solve problems. Agree. Agree. Violence is a rare last or last resort solution to problems. Agree. Agree. Okay. Uh, men presenting feminine traits are weak. Disagree. Disagree 100% on that. Mm -hmm. um, men don't need to be 100% masculine at all times. Agree. If someone identifies as a man, they can present any way they wish. Agree. 
agree. Yeah. Um, alpha males and beta males are a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> you agree with that? Yeah, they're a real thing, but I don't agree with. Okay. All right. I agree with well, their existence, but you, know. you agree that people you agree that people think that they're like think yes, of, like, yes. They yeah. But I I disagree with the whole concept. Okay. Um, the alpha and beta concept is just the way for aggressive people to justify their actions. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> um, alpha and beta was based on a misconception about first hens and then wolves, where they misinterpreted the parents as the dominant alpha leader and the children as the subordinate betas. Mm-hmm. And is agree or disagree? Um, I think I agree. I think I heard that somewhere. Yeah, that is just actually a fact. Yeah. I, think <laughs> I love I putting just, just the single he fact. He just threw an actual them. fact in there. Yeah, yeah. But I think I heard that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I forget the name of the, of the person. I thought it was a married couple, but it might just be one, one person. Um, mm-hmm. He observed this and then made a paper on it. It caught on. And then he spent the rest of his career trying to say whoa this i was just wrong it was just their parents and right. it didn't matter yeah i thought it, yeah <laughs> they took pecking order of families and they totally just yeah made yeah. their own conclusion yeah yeah exactly um, societal expectations of men should be upheld oh i disagree societal expectations are also less. disagree yeah uh, societal expectations of men are outdated and are actually doing more harm to men than good agree also agree that is the end of that so um let's see there was one it seemed like you weren't super sure on your answer for let me see what uh, we could talk about it um which one was it strength is irrelevant to being a man that was the one it seemed like you had more more thoughts about yeah i mean when i think strength the first thing that pops in my mind isn't physical it's like um that kind of mental fortitude you need throughout life maturity is really the strength that popped into my mind that you know when life throws curveballs do you know how to hang in there that's the strength and i don't know really what to call that but that's the strength i admire that's the strength what so it seems like you define strength more like um instead of like sort of the the knee-jerk reaction like oh strong it's more of a someone who can kind of roll with the punches yeah kind of adapt to situations and is has the wherewithal to at least push forward even if they're not sure what they're doing right and so sometimes push forward sometimes stand still sometimes to the world you're not going to look like the tough guy but if you're my guy, I want you to be safe, you know, I don't want, <laughs> you know, so yeah, I, I, and I, I, you're right. You're correct. I, I assess strength differently. Okay. Um, I think for me, for instance, I, I work out a lot, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't like, and I've come to recently realize I'm actually kind of physically imposing <laughs> to some people <laughs> and that surprises me because I don't think of myself that way. Mm-hmm. But I don't consider like that physical strength as like intrinsic to my manhood mm-hmm. or like it doesn't define me. If I was if I was a stick figure mm-hmm. or or um, plus size, I wouldn't care like that mm-hmm. wouldn't mm-hmm. affect my manhood. It would affect my mental state. Mm-hmm. Probably I would feel yeah. upset about yeah. how I look. I still feel upset about how I look. That's just a mental thing I got to work on. Right. But. I, I also sort of agree with you in that strength, there's more types of strength than just physical. 
I think right. emotional vulnerability is a strength. Right. I think emotional intelligence is a strength. I think, yes, actually, um, yeah. yeah, I think being able to um, sort of, sort of the way that I defined it with, with you roll with the punches kind of just like, um, I guess the, the, the thing that jumps into my mind is like fear and cowardice is sort of mm-hmm. the thing. It's sort of like the opposite of that. Like, mm-hmm. and it's not, uh, we kind of have this like, um, societal thing where we think cowardice is bad but mm-hmm. the reason it still exists is because it kept our people ancestors safe. alive it kept people safe you know i I, <laughs> right. I think that cowardice is mystifying yeah i think that that cautionary feeling you get when you feel that you should avoid a situation because it could be bad for you or bad for your family or bad and just in general you know i don't necessarily see that as cowardice it takes a lot of strength to assess in a moment and decide that you're going to go a different way. Mm-hmm. I think so. that shows a lot of strength too. Um, so um, with that, we're going to end the show. Anything you'd like to plug, promote, say, or express before we sign off? I just like to encourage people, particularly men, to continue to have this discussion among yourselves within yourself and really just own who you are. I, I agree with that. I, I think, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for being on here with me. No problem. Um, Thank you to our listeners for your participation. We want to encourage listeners to continue this discussion uh, (laughs) through our social media pages also and in your personal life. Uh, But on our Facebook and Instagram would be great too. This podcast has been brought to you by Pointcast News and Iliag Productions, a studio for podcasters, musicians, and anyone who has anything to say. To listen to any of our podcasts, visit our website at pointcast.news or visit us at Apple Podcasts. Join us next time. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and take care.